You are listening to Latter-day Heart to Heart, a podcast where we discuss some of our favorite conference talks and apply them to our daily lives. I am Maddie, the mom. And I'm Rochelle, the daughter. Today, we will discuss an especially noble calling, a talk given in the April 2020 conference by Joy D. Jones. Welcome back to Latter Day Heart to Heart. We are so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for all the comments and positive feedbacks that we have received since posting our last episode. It is always a scary thing to put something out into the world that is so precious to you. And then when you're talking about something so personal as religious beliefs, it takes that anxiety to a whole other level. It's not that we're afraid to talk about religion. We are firm in our faith, but you just want to make sure that what you're saying will be received well by the listeners and that they will know that you are coming from a place of vulnerability and value. We are so thankful to you for being so supportive. If you want to know how you can support us more, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Latter Day Heart to Heart. Leave us a review, but only if it's a good one. Only good ones. (laughs) Only good ones. We welcome good ones. Whatever you're listening to your podcast, and be sure to tell those you know who you think will love this podcast about us. Hi, Rochelle. Hi, Mom. I'm like, good. How are you? I am so thankful to be here and to and to be talking to you about this awesome talk that you chose. Yeah, I feel like whenever I read the talks, I feel very really uplifted, and then it's always so fun to bounce the ideas off of each other. I love it. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Before we get started, mm-hmm. um, say something about yourself. We didn't really say very much about yourself. Say something about you, just a little thing, and then I'll say something, and then they'll continue knowing us through this podcast journey. Okay. Um, so I was born and raised in Syracuse, New York. It's in upstate New York. Um, there are other cities in New York besides New York City. Um, and now I live in Utah, and I've almost lived in Utah longer than I've lived in New York, which is making me feel a little bit sad. I'm saying you're kind of gross on you with us, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And also the other day, somebody asked me, when did you graduate? And I had to face the fact that I graduated high school over a decade ago. (laughs) And that made me feel very old. Imagine me, my dear. I know. Imagine me. (laughs) But you've always been old to me, so. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I did have you when I was. 20. I know, but when you're a kid and you're 10 years old, and you're like, wow, my mom's 30. That's so old. And now I'm 30. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow, you're so old. And I'm like, ew. I know. But what so, about you? Share something about you. All right. So I am Maddie, the mom, mm-hmm. and I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I want to live uh, in America. Hispanic, I want to live in America. Uh, Puerto Rican Boricuas <laughs> sisters, um, brothers out there. Huepa! <laughs> <laughs> Bienvenidos. 
Um, then I moved, when I graduated from high school, I moved to actually Utah. And it, and I have, and then after that, after I have you, I have your brother. I believe it was 1994. Yeah. Moved here to Syracuse, New York. Mm-hmm. And we have been here forever. And we do the long journey to visit my daughter, the 3,000 miles in my car every year. The Mormon <laughs> pilgrimage to Utah. <laughs> and I cannot wait because of this pandemic, we couldn't go. <laughs> I know. So I feel sorry for the people that are in front of me when I pull into my daughter's house. I know. I'm really grateful. I, I know that. When we came to visit you, I think it was Christmas 2019, it was just kind of up in the air and it was kind of just like a thing that we decided to do on a whim and we were just like, yeah, I mean, we have two weeks off from school. My daughter was in kindergarten, so she had two weeks off because Christmas fell on a Wednesday and so then we got the two weeks and just randomly we were like, yeah, let's just do it. Why not? And I'm so glad that we did because I had no idea when we booked those tickets that we weren't going to see you guys for like a year and a half. So, I know. so yeah, I feel sorry for the person that goes in between and those grandkids. Move out of the way. Moreover, <laughs> I want my babies. <laughs> so anyway. So well, like we said in our intro, we are going to be discussing an incredible talk by Joy D. Jones titled An Especially Noble Calling. And this talk is particularly important to me personally um, because it was actually the inspiration behind an article that I submitted to a local magazine called Latter-day Women, which ended up getting published in their winter 2020 issue. Uh oh, The magazine is kind of small at the moment, but it is growing and growing every day. And I really do believe that it has the ability to transform into a major publication very soon. So I feel very fortunate and just elated that it got into one of the beginning issues. So, yeah. I know. We should discuss it sometime. That'd be kind of nice. Yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, it's not a general conference talk, but it could be light light talk because it was a very good article. I mean, I'm mom, so yeah. I think that your article was wonderful. Maybe mom, we should read it to the people to see if they actually think it's wonderful or if just my family does. <laughs> I think I think it's wonderful. I think that you're a very nice writer. Thank so. you. Okay, Thanks. so as the queen of diving right in, <laughs> should, we, should we get started, Rochelle? Yeah, let's do it. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Okay, so as much as we'd love to discuss the entire talk line by line, that would take... A very long time. So we, I know. (laughs) So we are going to each share our two favorite quotes and just discuss them a little bit. So this talk's focus is on women's continuing role in the restoration, as well as how to receive personal revelation and use it to guide us throughout our lives. So mom, do you want to go first with your favorite quote? So believe it or not, my favorite talk was like the first paragraph. Isn't that funny? <laughs> kind of like, like the middle part when it talks about President Russell M. Nelson. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of funny because he says, President Russell M. Nelson taught, it will be impossible to measure the influence that women have, not only on families, but also on the Lord's church as wives, mothers, and grandmothers, as sisters and aunts, 
as teachers and leaders, and especially as an exemplar and devout defenders of the faith. Love it. So, and you know, later on he says, live, live up to their privilege. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I like that because, you know, there's a misconception out there that Latter-day women mm -hmm. um, are very like submissive in the back burner you know, that we like get up in the morning at 4.30, go and get the chickens and the eggs. <laughs> I can promise you I've and never woken up at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> had everybody clothes laid out. You know what, we're at, Rochelle, do you do that every day? Like grind the wheat? Okay, literally the only time I've ever woken up at 4.30 in the morning was to catch a plane and I almost missed it because I was just like, why? This is this should be illegal to be awake right now. But yeah, I, I think that they're are submissive women in the church but i also think that we shouldn't say that they all are because in my personal experience i'm not my mom's not my grandma's not like my friends are not so i mean there I mean, definitely well, are yeah everything kind of society it's mm -hmm. everything but it's a misconception to say that we all are i mean yeah 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 we have pioneers but the whole world had pioneers at yeah. the time too so, you know, it was a lifestyle at the time, but no, I was the kind of mom that was like frozen waffles and, <laughs> <laughs> and that's you know, fine. Uh, yeah. Generic, generic Cheerios. <laughs> well, I think it also has to do a lot with like your family of origin. If, if that's what you saw growing up, like, oh, we make homemade bread every day and every day we set out the nice china, like that's what you're going to think you have to do. So I, I hope that more ladies listening realize, like, this is your life. Do it the way that you want to do it. We're all going to mess up our kids, but let's just do it unintentionally at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of nice to say because in our church, I think that our the priesthood, which is the man, mm -hmm. um, they really appreciate our work. I know mm -hmm. that the bishop couldn't run the church without the Relief Society president, without the Young Women's president, without the primary well, president. Well, and a wife that's supporting him. I mean. Exactly. And, you know, when your dad was a bishop, I know that he depended a lot on his Relief Society president. Mm -hmm. And he always, like, their activities would have never take place unless the women were involved. Yeah. <laughs> or service projects or things mm -hmm. like that. So, yes, we have a lot of women that, um, you know, that do have callings in our church. Mm -hmm. that are very necessary yeah. and then we have you know we run a house just like everybody else you know some of them are soccer moms and that's awesome um some of them stay late doing science projects i mm -hmm. mean you just do whatever you have to do with just regular women and yeah. and i love that he says that we're kind of like the heart of the home mm -hmm. that the influence that we have is so measurable so yeah um my... one thing that i did really appreciate about that quote is that um I feel like sometimes people in our church who um, are women and they're married and for whatever reason, either they've chosen that they don't want to have children or they can't have children for various medical reasons. I did appreciate that he said that all women have roles. I mean, you don't just have to be a, a mom or a grandma. Um, as teachers, if we have a calling where we're teaching little kids, like we are big examples to them. And so yeah. I, I and like your daughter me. loves and adores her primary teacher. Yeah. Or her no, primary I, teacher right now is a man, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like the one that she had before, yeah. she like loved her. And yeah. 
you know, we are we are in different seasons in our lives, and mm. it's okay. Yeah, it's perfect. And maybe because, you only you get know, them for that one hour a week, but make that one hour a week a a really good one where you know you're showing the kids that you love them, and they feel and you your know, love. And I never live. I mean, you know, these I never live with my mom. I mm-hmm. mean, my mom was part of my life, but I never like physically live with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, my aunts were amazing. My grandma was amazing. It took mm-hmm. a village to create these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if not so many people had worked on that project? Yikes! <laughs> so anyway, so what was but your yeah, favorite? I really liked it. What was your favorite quote? Okay, so one of my favorite quotes was another one that she quoted by President Nelson, and I mean, maybe we just really love President Nelson. He's pretty cute. He's kind of cute. Really cool. Um. So pres, and I also to back up a little bit, President Nelson. How many daughters does he have? Does he have nine or twelve? No, he had a lot of kids. He, he has, has like one, nine, he had one maybe. Son. Yeah, I have one son, but all the others are girls. And so I think that maybe that's why he just loves to talk about the women of the church because he has a lot of women in his family. So yeah, imagine the granddaughters. We should find out how many granddaughters, how many great grandkids. I bet you it's like people. hundreds of grandkids. Can you imagine? Because I think he did have 10 people in his family. So Yeah, I think oh it was goodness. 10. I think it was nine girls and one son. But I could be wrong. Don't quote me. But more girls. Than I, I think boys. it is more than two. That's enough for me. Yeah. That's a huge family. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, she quotes President Nelson. And she says, President Nelson has likewise implored, I plead with my sisters of the church to step forward, take your rightful and needed place in your home, in your community, in the workplace, I added in, in the workplace, and in the kingdom of God more than you ever have before. And I just really liked that quote. I thought it was really cool that, you know, he was recognizing how much our our abilities, our talents, and what we have to offer, our skills are needed. So we need to take our rightful place and just in help with our realm of influence. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I feel like I'm not explaining it properly, but I think people can get it. I want to, I want to tell everybody that Rochelle and I take turns choosing talks and Mm -hmm. we don't read these talks together. So she always tells me, okay, here's the one that I chose. Um, Find your two favorite quotes. She stole all my quotes. (laughs) That was one of my number one that like we pretty much, I mean, we're so alike that we pretty much chose the same one. So great minds, um, people, great minds. You know, I also like this quote because we are women. We have so much influence in the home. We have so much influence in the workplace and we have so much influence wherever we go. Mm-hmm. So I like it because it empowers us. Mm-hmm. It gives us that power that, you know, and we need to be more, what is that word that I'm looking for, Rochelle? We need to more like own that. Yeah. Embrace it. Right. <laughs> embrace that. There you go. Embrace it. Well, another reason. Our power. Yeah. Another reason why I really like this quote is because I was kind of reminded of you when I was reading it. Um, because you have worked as a teacher at an inner city school for decades. Um, okay, no, that many decades. Okay, Just- but decades. More than one is decades. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody here thinks you're 23, Mom, so you don't have to hide it. Um, and I just know that um, without getting into too much information, I know that you've come home and you've told me, you know, there are some kids in your class that – you know, you can just tell that they don't get a lot of attention at home. 
but you are able to be there for them and give them that emotional support, the encouragement to, you know, better themselves and better their lives. And I think that like, if you talk to anyone and you ask them like, who is a really influential person in your life besides a family member, I mean, nine out of 10 times, you're going to, you're going to get a teacher or like a mentor in some capacity. And so I feel like as a teacher, you have a lot of responsibility and you have a lot of um, influence into all of the lives of the children that you touch. So I know it is kind of nice. I have taught seminary and when you like go into the deep spiritual thinking of children, um, you know, the, the youth. And then I also teach um, elementary school. So mm-hmm. you see all of that, but we have, there's so many wonderful teachers out there that just go, I mean, I give them so much credit. They go above and beyond mm-hmm. their, their, their call of duty. Yeah. And we are so grateful for that. So, and yeah, I mean, I think it's a testament to how awesome of a teacher you are because every single time that I go visit you in New York and we go anywhere, it takes a million years, people, because <laughs> students that she had like 15, 20 years ago will see her and they will be like, oh, Mrs. Fairbank. And they turn into little kids again, just talking to my mom. So it's so sweet. And now, you know what scary it is? That now when You're I'm teaching their children. <laughs> That now when I go to doctor's offices, like they're the ones that are actually like examining me or welcoming yeah. me. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wait, did I ever yell at you because I, I'm feeling kind of sick? <laughs> Please don't give me the wrong shot. <laughs> and they say never. I would never yell at them. So that makes me feel good. But yeah, I think maybe I am getting old. <laughs> Okay, and then um, another great thing is it said, uh, the first vision gave us direction in our unique continuing roles. As women of faith, we can draw principles of truth from the prophet Joseph Smith's experiences that provide insights for receiving our own revelation. Um, So is personal revelation like a thing that is pretty widespread among religions or do we need to explain what personal revelation is to somebody who might not be familiar with a Christian faith or what do you so think? I think that in many religions, personal revelation is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a subject. Okay. You know, um, I don't think a lot of people know, maybe someone might not know. I mean, you can just briefly touch about personal revelation is. Okay. So, um, in our faith and maybe in other people's uh we believe that you receive guidance or you know signs or prompts um that kind of help guide you through your life so if you have a question um either through prayer or meditation you can um just kind of figure out what you need to do and in my personal opinion i feel like most of the time when i ask god you know if i have two choices and i'm like like for example when i was going to school i got accepted to UVU and I got accepted to another school that was on the East Coast and I prayed about it and um, I felt like I had a confirmation that either one was going to be good. Like I felt like I got a confirmation from God saying that, you know, you're on the right path. So no matter which one you choose, I you have my blessing. And then with that peace of mind, I was able to make a decision with full confidence. So 
That's just yeah. kind of my personal and, and the thing. most important part there is that you touch it's a personal revelation. Yeah, so it was for me. Prayer is the personal revelation is the revelation that you ask for yourself mm -hmm. or for your family. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like I can have a personal revelation and say, Rochelle, I think you should. No, yeah. it's personal. Yeah, it's, it's personal. for me. It's for nobody else. It's not for you. Don't tell somebody else about. You can help them and guide them, but that's called advice. Yeah. <laughs> And in no. fact, I was taking an institute class when I was in college and um, I was dating this guy and he had told me the day before that institute class that he had had a revelation that we were going to get married. <laughs> and then I went to that institute class and the institute teacher basically said, if you are dating somebody and they tell you that they've received personal revelation for you, you need to run. <laughs> and <laughs> I listened to him and I broke things off. I mean, we weren't really that serious. We'd gone on like maybe five dates or whatever, but um, I broke it off and then I met Brian like 10 months later. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So it's personal relation. It's, a, it's just, it's totally personal. Yeah. I mean, you receive the answers with prayer. Some people fast about it, mm -hmm. you know. Scripture reading. Very so yeah. I, I love that you touched that. Thank you so much for explaining that. Yeah. Um, and some of the examples that they gave of, you know, kind of honing in on that personal revelation for yourself was um, we labor under difficulties. And I think, Mom, you wanted to talk a little bit about that, touch on it. Well, life is difficult, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and sometimes we need to, you know, sometimes things get complicated. Sometimes it's not like you make a plan, mm -hmm. but those execute that way. Mm, we know with life experiences that sometimes plans take a little detour. Yeah, we <laughs> so, make plans um, and God laughs. So, <laughs> yes, yes, you know, so um prayer towards difficulties or maybe prayer of like you said you know like what school do you want to go to what job should you take should we move should we not mm -hmm. so personal revelation is very important to our to our lives mm -hmm. yeah um and then another way that you can receive personal revelation is um to focus on his light guiding our life choices and resting upon us when we turn to him. So I kind of briefly touched about that when I was, you know, picking schools. And again, I feel like very, very rarely are you ever going to ask God something and he's going to be like, no, like period. No, I feel like usually it's just kind of like a, yes, you're on the right track or mm, maybe keep looking. Like that's what I've had. I've never had like a definitive like feeling of, no, don't do that. It's always just been like, maybe keep looking or, you know, either either decision is good. Well, in the scriptures talk about how you discern revelations. You know, mm -hmm. if you if, when you ask about it and you come with an answer, if you feel calm about it, mm -hmm. you will feel that peace. But if it, the answer is no, mm -hmm. then you feel like, you know, like it's not the right thing. Like, like not settled. And adding to that, the last point, and I love this. We realize he knows each of us by name and has individual role for us to fulfill. Like how, how amazing that is that Heavenly Father knows us so much that he knows us by name. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that make you feel good? Yeah. You know, I remember, I mean, I only had two kids. I can't even imagine people that have more, more than two kids. Yeah, and sometimes she didn't even know our names. <laughs> She'd be like, Anthony, Rochelle, whoever you are, I'll figure it out later. Come here. <laughs> to say to you guys right, right yeah no i mean i even used to call you the dogs i know sometimes. i was do you want to know how many names i've been called how many times i've been called calvin which was our dog 
And I used to say to them, um, um, you know, don't lie to me because I gave birth to you and it's a certificate somewhere. In here. <laughs> <laughs> so, but to just know that Heavenly Father knows us by name because he loves us. Yeah, that's I mean, he's a busy life. guy, but he makes a point to get to know us. And that's why prayer is so important because he knows us. And if you're a mom... You want to talk to your kids and you want your kids to talk to you. So, I mean, I, I like to keep that line of communication open with him because I know he cares about me. So, yeah. So that's, that's like super sweet for me that I love that part of the, of the talk that he knows us by name. Yeah. All right. Okay. Do you want to talk about your number two favorite quote? My favorite quote it is the one before last, like the last page right before closing she says, let us boldly declare our devotion to our Heavenly Father and our Savior with unshaken faith in Him, relying wholly upon the merits of Him who is mighty to save. And then at the very end, the very last line says, um, same through love, service, leadership, and compassion. Mm -hmm. And I really love because we do need to have faith. You know, mm -hmm. we need to have faith to do the things that we need to accomplish, yep. especially after we ask with personal revelation. When we get the answer, we just dive that in with faith that everything's going to be okay. The other part, and with faith that even if it doesn't go okay, Heavenly Father's going to be there to help us, mm -hmm. you know, and that's very important. The other thing is that he says, yes, you know, you're women of influence, but do it with love. Yeah. Do it with service, which we talked about last week. You know, we talk about caring and charity and compassion, mm -hmm. um, leadership, because we are leaders yep. in our callings in the church and in our callings in our lives, and compassion, which is what we one big thing that we talked about last week that was about having compassion for people and understanding. So I love that part because sometimes we forget <laughs> that all those things go together. It's like, you know, it's like everything in life, everything goes together. Yes, you're trying to make a point, but do it with love and compassion. Yeah. And do it for a service way, too. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Sounds great. Um, my second favorite quote was, I think <laughs> I just realized that all of my favorite quotes from this talk is Joy quoting <laughs> President Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> sorry well, joy I, you had really I, awesome things to say too <laughs> i know well that's okay i got you covered girl <laughs> okay so um she says president nelson said quote i plead with you to increase your spiritual capacity to receive revelation end quote all right now Joy's gonna talk so i got you joy all right <laughs> our prophet's words are continually with me this is her talking, as I contemplate women's ability to step forward. He pleads with us, which indicates priority. He is teaching us how to survive spiritually. Um, as we do so, um, honoring and living the Lord's commandments, we are promised, even as Emma Smith was, a crown of righteousness. The prophet Joseph taught of the importance of knowing that the path we are pursuing in this lifetime is approved of God. Without that knowledge, we will grow weary in our minds and faint. And I... Out of righteousness. I kind of yeah. want to wear a tiara right now. <laughs> We're actually wearing tiaras now, guys. <laughs> Walking with my crown. Yeah, I just love this quote. Um, that, that's what my hat. 
Yeah. I just love this quote. The first part that I really, really love is that President Nelson is pleading with us, and I like how it says he pleads with us, which indicates priority. And yeah, if you listen to General Conference, the the topic of personal revelation comes up a lot, and I feel like when something's coming up a lot, it means that it's something that's really important, and they really want us to focus on it. And then my other favorite part is that it's he, when he references Joseph Smith um, and just about the importance of knowing that the path that we are pursuing in this lifetime is approved of God. And I feel like sometimes, a lot of the times, actually, we are seeking validation and approval from friends, family members, uh, wow. random people on social media that we don't even know. But when it really boils down to things, the only um, the only approval that we need is obviously like our own we got to be comfortable with our choices and also god's if god is your only follower on your you know like the social media spiritual social media then that's fine so you know, and I love that because we need to be bold, you know, mm-hmm. so, and so, and sometimes we might be the only person that is doing the right thing. Sometimes yeah. we might be the only person that, you know, and it doesn't matter. I mean, Heavenly Father doesn't, doesn't mind. Like we said last week, he doesn't care how many likes yeah. <laughs> or hearts we get. He just wants us to be bold and to do the righteous thing. I have like at the end of the quote that I said with compassion you know, and love and understanding. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I have a friend who's kind of, she's obviously a friend, but she's kind of like a mentor to me as well. And one time we were all hanging out together and she told us, if you are living your life and you're not making some people feel uncomfortable, then you're not doing it right. So (laughs) it's okay to make people feel uncomfortable as long as you're being true to you and you feel like your choices are being approved by God. Um, just to let you guys know that um, this upcoming weekend, so April 3rd and 4th, um, our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is going to be um, hosting, putting on a general conference. And general conference, if you're not familiar with the LDS faith, is uh, twice a year, once in the spring and once in the fall. And it's when all of our leaders and apostles and living prophet, um, come and they address and they talk to us about things that are happening right now and give us spiritual insights and spiritual guidance. Um, and so that's going to be going on this weekend. Um, if you go on to YouTube, you can watch it live and then right after they, they post it. So you can watch it anytime that works for you. Um, and I just wanted to end with this quote that she says in this talk, and I just I love thought that, that it had quote. to do with I am conference. So guilty of these. Go ahead. So it. she so says, in this conference, we will hear truths that inspire us to change, improve, and purify our lives. Through personal revelation, we can prevent what some call general conference overwhelm. When we leave so determined to do it all now, and then this next part is like the epitome. This is like the most famous quote from this entire talk. And they say, she says, women wear many hats, but it is impossible and unnecessary to wear them all at once. The spirit helps us determine which work to focus on today. And I yes. love that. 
Love Amen. it. I mean, because there's just so much stuff to do. Like you could leave conference and be like, okay, well, I got to serve people more. And then I also got to like read my scriptures and I got to pray and I got to do this and I got to do that. And you can just be like, I don't have time. I don't, but like just picking I one thing. Yeah. General conference overwhelm. But yeah, yes, I mean, like when you say, oh. it's yeah, just, it, it is exactly when you say, oh my gosh, I have to do like morning prayer with the kids and morning scriptures and then my personal scriptures and then I have to work in the casserole that I have to make and then I have to do this and then I have to serve in the world. Yeah. No, and I got to work on my food know. storage and make bread. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, just pick no, one no. thing and go with that until you feel like you're confident with it and then you can move on to something else like you don't have to do yes. it all at once yes. i love I mean, that you can even choose two things yeah you know, maybe one that you're still working on from last year mm-hmm. and then the one that you want to keep working on you know yep. you don't have to do them all at once please yeah. don't make a 10 must do list please don't yeah. do that oh my gosh no that is so scary because you're gonna work yourself to death if you do that yeah so. so that's a great one yes please go and watch um i mean they they have it in so many different um um media channels too yeah you just have to you just have to plug in i mean you can even go to the the church of jesus christ that are they saying stop or i believe it yeah. is yeah or even if you go to LDS.org, it will, it will veer you to that yeah. website, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. But I do have a challenge. Mm-hmm. Remember when you said about a challenge? Drum roll. <laughs> there we go. Take out your hats, ladies. Take out your hats. It says, listen to a talk and choose which hat or principle that you would like to work on this week. Yep. So yes. Only so one. We're getting ready, you know. Um, just choose one. Just choose one principle, something that you would like to work on. And yep. do it. Do you have something in mind, Rochelle? You don't have to share if you don't have anything in mind. Um, I mean I don't I don't know if I have something in mind yet. I don't think I have I kinda like wanna listen to conference. I feel like conference conferences always have a theme, something that like all of the people kind of reference or touch on and so I feel like when I wa- when I listen to those and I'm like, oh, they're talking about this a lot. That must be something that they want us to work on. So, yeah. well, I know that this Sunday, this weekend is Easter. Mm-hmm. So it's it so is fun. just kidding. It is. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty sure that we're gonna talk a lot about our the love that the love that our Savior had for us and mm-hmm. this atonement. Yeah. So, um, but with that, Rochelle. Do you have anything to add? Because I want to wish everybody a Felices Pascua. So you can translate that. <laughs> Happy Easter. <laughs> Happy Easter. Felices Pascua. So I'm making ham. What are you making? Um, I'm just going to buy from Honey Baked Ham. I'm going to get a smoked turkey because Brian's like on this no red meat kick. And so the turkey will taste like ham because it will be smoked, but it will be turkey. So. So, is, so it will be a compromising yes. for you and Ryan. Yep. You see, she's just a good wife, everyone. <laughs> I got her on applause. <laughs> I mean, I don't really like ham either, so it's not that really much of a sacrifice. But I know. Well, I I just bought her a very little one because it's just your dad and I. So. I mean, yeah, and it's just us. We're not going anywhere for Easter, so I'm outsourcing the hard things, and then I'll just do the easy stuff. So. Oh, yeah. Mine is just ham, potatoes, and green beans. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. What an incredible time we had discussing such a well-written talk by Joy Jones. Um, please follow us on Facebook and on Instagram at Latter-day Heart to Heart. Um, on both locations, we'll be posting the question that my, or the challenge that my mom just issued. Um, and so yeah, totally leave a comment with your answer and we might just give you a shout out next time. Huh? Do you want to be on the podcast? I know. <laughs> we hope that you had fun with us today and felt a little peace from our oftentimes busy and chaotic lives. We love you. We love we you. next Thursday. <laughs> when we will talk about another inspiring conference talk.